0: Hello, and welcome to the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I tell folk tales and folklore from around the globe. So sit back, grab yourself a drink, and enjoy the show. So, um, yeah, I wasn't actually going to record an episode this week, having a week off and stuff, but well, um, I got bored, so <coughs> or here I am, doing my thing, uh, talking and doing stuff. Uh, So, this week, one of the stories I'm actually going to tell you is from East Anglia, uh, Essex area, Colchester. So this week, we are going to be drinking a bit of a Ghost Ship from Adnams in Southwold. Uh, This is one of my favourite little ales, um, and the more you drink, the more funny it sounds. Um, Just try and say Ghost Ship when you're a little bit tipsy, and you'll understand what I mean anyway um just want to say a big thank you to those of you who actually listen and watch and have watched my previous videos and i've actually downloaded some of the podcast i'm actually quite surprised that people are doing this so yay thank you and all that kind of malarkey uh remember if you do actually like this and like what i do uh then please do let me know if you don't hate it then if you don't like it and you hate it then uh well let me know as well, and I'll probably tell you to go do one. But anyway, so yeah, as I say, um, I wasn't actually intending to do this tonight or today or whatever it is that you're listening, strike watching this. Um, so I haven't got three stories like I did last time. Um, I've only got two stories to tell today. They have vaguely similar themes and we show how kind of like the ideas can kind of carry across uh, the country. Um, from one place to another so um, one of the stories is from Scotland and the other is I say it's from East Anglia it kind of comes from either Norfolk um, under one name or there's another version of it which I'm gonna to read today uh, which comes from Colchester they both have different names but they can in a way be considered the same um, but I'll get into that kind of discussion a bit um, after I've read both the stories. Now, uh, what am I want to say here? So I'm only going to read one of the stories live. So uh, yeah, um, there's only going to be one story on this YouTube channel, the other version the other story, so the Scottish story, and my drunk ramblings about kind of folklore and stuff, and how these stories do kind of relate in a weird way but also kind of don't relate. I don't know. You'll see. And if you listen to both of them, you will uh, understand what I'm rambling about. But yeah, so you'll get the Colchester story today, or not today, on the video. And the Scottish tale uh, will be on the podcast. Um, Well, both tales will be on the podcast. So yeah, do find me on, um, as I say, YouTube, uh, under the Drunken Storyteller, uh, and on uh, podcasts, where you find your podcasts, under The Drunken Storyteller. If you do go onto Spotify to try and find my podcast, uh, make sure you look under Podcasts because there are some songs out there called The Drunken Storyteller. So um, when you are looking for it, please do make sure you are looking for the podcast. And yeah, cool. Right, have a quick drink. For those of you that are new to this, um, I am The Drunken Storyteller. What I do is I grab... Some folklore and folk tales from around the world. Uh, today I'm doing something I've not done. Um, I'm staying completely within England. And I'm not telling Japanese stories. Shock horror. So, um, yeah, two stories from the UK. Um, and what I do is I tell these stories. Uh, sometimes my own interpretations. Sometimes, what do we say, sometimes actual readings from uh, public domain stuff uh, that is legally i'm allowed to say and read uh sometimes it's my own stories sometimes it's reimagining of stories and yeah uh, go listen to my previous episodes as well i've got um a couple on there's some japanese folklore on some of them and then there's some uh, i can't remember what the other stories i've read are already so whoop anyway let's 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 begin uh, so uh this is kind of going all sideways at the moment uh, I'm a bit confused. This is literally, uh, so I don't know when you're listening to this or watching this. We, I'm in England, um, and we're currently in our third lockdown of this COVID-19 pandem- world pandemic that we're having. Uh, this is, for this week, probably the third time that I've spoken, and it's a Wednesday. So I'm kind of getting used to using my voice. So yeah, this is like the third time I've actually spoken this week. (laughs) Um, I had a meeting with my supervisor and then I ran a Warhammer Fantasy RPG game a couple of hours ago. And now I get to speak to you guys. Cool. So, right. I know how to use words and how to do things. So I'm going to say, grab yourself a drink and um, enjoy the stories. So my first tale... Is this version is titled Three Heads in the Well? The version that I'm going to read to you is again from our favourite 19th century folklorists. Um, it is uh, in English Fairy Tales by Joseph Jacobs, and I got this version from uh, what is it called? sacredtext.com, that wonderful website that has lots of really cool, free uh, public domain books on all sorts of random stuff. Um, Folklore, folktales, esoteric stuff, occultism, from all over the world, and it's kind of cool. So this is is, um, Three Heads in the Well. Long before Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, there reigned in the eastern part of England a king who kept his court in Colchester. In the midst of his glory his queen died, leaving behind her an only daughter, about 15 years of age, for her beauty and kindness was the wonder of all that knew her. So, say this is the traditional kind of 19th century translation of this, or not translation, but version of this. So, the language is a bit weird, and I will trip it up because I've not actually spoken this out loud. So, yeah, that was all of a bit of a higgledy piggledy sentence. Anyway, so, but the king, hearing of a lady who had likewise an only daughter, had a mind to marry her for the sake of her riches, though she was old, ugly, hook-nosed and humpbacked. Her daughter was a yellow dowdy full of envy and ill nature, and in short, was much the same mould as her mother. Basically, he's marrying uh, what would have been termed a hag uh, for money, uh, because that's apparently what people do. They get married for money. Woo. Uh, not for anything else in the old days. Uh, money and power and riches and all things like that. Doesn't matter what you look like, apparently. Uh, but in a few weeks, the king attended by the nobility and gentry brought his deformed bride to the palace. Well, that's pleasant. Brought his deformed bride to the palace. Certainly know how to uh, make women feel good in this. Uh, where the marriage rights were performed. She had not only, She had not been long in the court before she set the king against his own beautiful daughter, by false reports. The young princess, having lost her father's love, grew weary of the court, and one day, meeting with her father in the garden, she begged him, with tears in her eye, eyes, to let her go and seek her fortune. Now, so we got this ugly old woman and his, uh, her ugly daughter turning up and stealing the king away and kicking his own flesh and blood daughter out. This this woman sounds uh, particularly pleasant. So, uh, to which the king consented and ordered her stepmother to give her what she pleased. So not only does he basically say, yeah, daughter, you you can go away because I've got this other woman who's got money, uh, but she's going to try and give you some stuff. I've asked her to, whether she does or not, well, we'll see. Yeah, she went to the queen, who gave her a canvas bag of brown bread and hard cheese, with a bottle of beer. So right, this rich woman who's just married a queen, married a queen, married a king, words. Has given her stepdaughter a bag of bread, cheese, and a bottle of beer. I'm sure she's probably got a lot more money to give than just that. Well, shows how much she liked her. This king has really married a proper one, hasn't he? So, uh, though this was a pitiful dowry for a king's daughter, see? Ah, foretelling. Uh, she took it with thanks and proceeded on her journey, passing through groves, woods, and valleys till at length she saw an old man sitting on a stone at the mouth of a cave, who said, Good morrow, fair maiden. Whither away so fast? Again, uh, it's the language here, but I'm sure you can get the meaning of that. Aged father, says she, I am going to seek my fortune. What have you got in your bag and bottle? In my bag I've got bread and cheese, and in my bottle, good small beer. Would you like to have some? Mm, yes, said he, with all my heart. So, you see, she's quite nice. She She's sharing the meagre possessions that she has and is uh, kind of being chatty and friendly to this random old dude that she just met in the middle of a wood uh, by a stone cave. So she's quite a nice, nice lady. Um, you might say naive, but, well, not in this case. Um, As you know, sometimes when you meet random people in the woods by a cave, bad things happen, because, yeah. Anyway, with that, the lady pulled out provisions and bade him eat and welcome. He did so, and gave her many thanks, and said, There is a thick, thorny hedge before you, which you cannot get through. But take this wand in your hand, strike it three times, and say... Pray, Hedge, let me come through, and it will open immediately. Then, a little further, you will find a well. Sit down on the brink of it, and here there will come up three golden heads which will speak, and whatever they require, that do. Promising she would, she took her leave of him, coming... (coughs) Ah, words... Uh, I'll cut out my random rantings, maybe, on the podcast. If not, I might leave them in. I don't know. We'll see. It is meant to be all about me being dumb anyway, so... Promising she would, she took her leave of him. So, yeah, you see, she shared her thing. He, gave her w- he gives her a wand, um, and he lets gives her some knowledge to kind of do stuff, where she gets to speak to golden heads, apparently. So that's a fun thing. Coming to the hedge and using the old man's wand, it divided and let her through. Then, coming to the well, she had no sooner sat down than a golden head came up singing. I ain't gonna sing. That is one thing I won't do. I'm just gonna read it. Maybe if it's poetry, I'll read it a little bit poetic-like. But I ain't doing no singing. So, uh, a golden head came up singing. Wash me and comb me, and lay me down softly, and lay me on the bank to dry, that I may look pretty when somebody passes by. Yes, she said, and taking it in her lap, combed it with a silver comb, and then placed it upon a primrose bank. Then up came a second, and a third head saying the same as the former. She did the same for them, and then, pulling out her visions, sat down to eat her dinner. So we see three heads popping out of a well, uh, singing things about, let me be clean, please. Um, Okay, cool. That's not weird. Then said the heads to one another, what shall we weird for this damsel has used us so kindly? The first said, I weird her to be so beautiful that she shall charm the most powerful prince in the world. The second said, I weird her such a sweet voice, as shall far exceed the nightingale. The third said, My gift shall be none of the least, as she is a king's daughter. I'll wield her so fortunate that she shall become queen of the greatest prince that reigns. She then let them down into the well again, and went on to her journey. She had not travelled long before she saw a king hunting in the park with his nobles. She would have avoided him, but the king, having caught sight of her, approached. And what with her beauty and sweet voice, fell desperately in love with her, and soon induced her to marry him. So, right, uh, ramblings about women in folklore Do I really want to go there? Not really, I'm sure you can see what's happening here She's being used as a a love item in very pretty kind of ways and well I'm no expert so I'm not going to go any further than that other than that sometimes women are not well treated in folklore Look at the Mabinogion I think it's the third book book of the Mabinogion Uh, Anyway uh, this king, finding that she was king of Colchester, the king of Colchester's daughter, ordered some chariots to be got ready, that he might pay the king, his father-in-law, a visit. The chariot in which the king and queen rode was adorned with rich gems of gold. The king, her father, was at 1st aston—was at first astonished that his daughter had been so fortunate, till the young king let him know of all that had happened. Great was the joy at court amongst all, with the exception of the queen and her club-footed daughter, who were ready to burst with envy. The rejoicings, with feasting and dancing, continued many days. Then, at length, they returned home with the dowry her father gave. The humpbacked princess, perceiving that her sister had been so lucky in seeking her fortune, wanted to do the same. So she told her mother, and all the preparations were made. And she was furnished with rich dresses and with sugar, almonds and sweetmeats in great quantities in a large bottle of Malaga sack. No idea what Malaga sack is. Guessing with it being in a bottle? Some kind of drink, I'm guessing? But yeah, what you're saying here is a... Uh, Old dear stepmother, likes her own daughter, so gives her lots of nice stuff. Don't like the king's daughter, so gives a bugger all. This woman sounds like a right peach. Not say that the, 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 the father's not that much better, because he's let this kind of crap happen. So uh, I think the father's probably quite as much at her fault as, as the mother, being the nut, nutty queen that she is. So, yeah. Uh, with these, she went the same road as her sister. And coming near the the cave, the old man said, Young woman, wither so fast. What's that to you? she said. Then, said he, what have you in your bag and bottle? She answered, good things, which you shall not be troubled with. Won't you give me some? said he. No, not a bit, nor a drop, unless it would choke you. The old man frowned, saying, Evil fortune, attend ye. I'm not sure whether that's meant to be ye or thee, because the YE in Old English actually reads as the. So I'm guessing it's probably meant to be Evil fortune, attend thee, because attend ye just sounds a bit crap, in my opinion. But I don't know. Um, This is 1900, so by that point, ye had changed to thee, so it might well be ye. Anyway, a bit of weird English language there for you. Going on, she came to the hedge, through which she espied a gap and thought to pass through it. But the hedge closed and the thorns ran into her flesh, so that it was with great difficulty that she got through. Being now all over blood, she searched for water to wash herself, and, looking round, she saw the well. She sat down on the brink of it, and before... "'Nope, Mr Lind. "'She sat down on the brink of it, and one of the heads came up, saying, "'Wash me, comb me, and lay me down softly,' as before. "'But she banged it with her bottle, saying, "'Take that for your washing!' "'So the second and third heads came up, "'and met with no better treatment than the first. "'Whereupon the heads consulted among themselves "'what evils to plague her with for such usage.' Yeah, uh, so if you ever go into the woods and you find a well after you've kind of climbed through some uh, hedges and stuff, be nice to heads that come out of the well because they might do this weird stuff to you. The first said, Let her be struck with leprosy in her face. The second, Let her voice be harsh as a corn crakes. The third said, let her have for husband but a poor country cobbler because apparently marrying a poor person is a really bad thing even if you actually love them um, but well it's old folk tales, and apparently marrying into a rich and family and things is, is a thing but yeah don't piss off golden heads in a, well in the middle of a forest because they do nasty things like that Well, on she went till she came to a town and, it being market day, the people looked at her and, seeing such an ugly face and hearing such a squeaky voice, all fled but a poor country cobbler. Now, he not long before had mended the shoes of an old hermit who, having no money, gave him a box of ointment for the cure of the leprosy and a bottle of spirits for a harsh voice, so the cobbler having a mind to an act of charity, was induced to go up to her and ask her who she was. See, not all bad happens. Um this guy seems quite nice, even if he is poor and apparently near to stories. I am, said she, the king of Colchester's stepdaughter. See, she's she's had a voice change, so I've got to change her voice. Well, said the cobbler. If I restore you to your natural complexion and make a cure both in face and voice, will you in reward take me for a husband? Yes, friend, replied she, with all my heart. With this, the cobbler applied the remedies and they made her well in a few weeks, after which they were married and so set forward for a court at Colchester. When the Queen found that her daughter had married nothing that a poor cobbler, she hanged herself in wrath. Seems a bit desperate. Um, shows you kind of, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, the death of the queen so pleased the king. Uh, well, that's a, I'm not sure that's any better. So yeah, the king and queen are a little bit weird. Who was glad to get rid of her so soon? That he gave the cobbler a hundred pounds to quit the court with his lady and take to a remote part of the kingdom, where he lived many years mending shoes, his wife spinning the thread for him. So, um, that's a interesting little fun story. Um, I'm going to discuss in the podcast the, the Norfolk version of this. Um, I'm going to discuss it. I'm not going to read it because it's kind of... I don't want to read three of the same story, basically. But what you're saying is the king and queen... Uh, the king marries somebody because he wants money, even if she's ugly. She's then seems to be a bit batshit mental. Uh, gets pissed off that her daughter is married below her station, so kills herself. That just seems really weird. The king is happy that his wife has just killed him, killed herself. And then, because he's happy, he gives his stepdaughter... Stepdaughter's husband a load of money and then tells them to go bugger off and live in the arse end of nowhere. Now if that's not a mental fucked up family story thing then I don't know what is. Now on to tale two. This one makes a little bit more sense than that weird weird ass tale from Colchester that doesn't seem to have any point to it other than be nice to random people you meet in the forest, so they tell you things that you need to know about random heads that you'll meet out of a well. So yeah. Anyway, my second tale is probably actually a more famous tale. Um, this one is called The Black Bull of Norway. This one is from More English Fairy Tales by Joseph Joseph Jacobs, uh, 1894. Um, I've used this book. I think I used this book in my first um episode I can't I say so can't remember what I have talked about and what I haven't talked about because time has no meaning in this current state of the world anyway so this second story as I say this one is actually based in Scotland um and there are ideas that Norway is a Scottish version of Norway so it could be in some way related to a nordic folk tale um but we don't know so yes this is the black bull of norway and i'm still drinking ghost ship in norway long time ago there lived a certain lady and she had three daughters the oldest of them said to her mother mother bake me a bannock and roast me a callop for i'm going to s- away to seek my fortune no i'm not going to do a scottish accent I am not going to degrade myself or punish anybody from Scotland with my abysmal attempt at to-do accents, this is not something I'm going to do. Her mother did so and her daughter went away to an old witch washer wife and told her purpose. The old wife bade her stay that day and look out of her back door and see what she could see. She saw to the first day, the second day she said the same as saw nowt on the third day she looked again and saw a coach and six coming along the road she ran in and told the old wife what she saw well quoth the old woman yons for you so they took her into the coach and galloped off the second daughter next says to her mother mother bake me a bannock and roast me a cup from going away to seek my fortune her mother did so and away she went to the old wife, as her sister had done. On the third day she looked out of the back door and saw a coach and four coming along the road. Well, quoth the old woman, yons for you. So they took her in, and off they set. The third daughter says to her mother, Mother, bake me a bannock and roast me a callop, for I'm away to seek my fortune. Her mother did so, And away she went to the old witch. She bade her look out of the back door and see what she could see. She did so. When she came back, she said she saw Nout the second day. She did the same and saw Nout the third day. She looked again. And on coming back, said to the old wife, she saw Nout, but a great black bull coming crooning down the road. Well, quoth the old witch, yon's for you. On hearing this, she was next to distracted with grief and terror, but she was lifted up and set on his back, and away they went. Yeah, so um, daughter one, daughter two get to go off in coaches with being pulled by horses, so like coach and four, coach and six. I'm guessing the number means the number of horses pulling it. And and, and young daughter, daughter number three, comes along and gets a, uh, gets a ride on a black bull. Now, I wonder if this is like one of those proper big... Big like muscly black bulls or if it's just like a a a male cow and she's just been put on a cow well we'll never know because it just called it a great black bull so aye they travelled and they travelled on till the lady grew faint with hunger eat out of my right ear says the bull and drink out of my left and set by your leaving so she did as he said And it was wonderfully refreshed. Uh, So earwax is apparently food and drink. Especially if it comes out of a black bull's ear. That's a little bit disgusting. Mm. However, ghost ghost ship is wonderful. Please do go give it a try. And long they rode and hard they rode till they came in a sight of a very big and bonny castle yonder we must be this night quoth the bull for my elder brother lives yonder and presently they were at the place they lifted her off his back and took her in and sent him away to a park for the night in the morning when they brought the bull home they took the lady into a fine shining parlour and gave her a beautiful apple "'telling her not to break it till she was in the greatest strait ever mortal was in in the world, "'and that would bring her out of it. "'Again she was lifted on the bull's back, "'and after she had ridden far and farther than I can tell, "'they came in sight of a far bonnier castle, and a far further away than the last. "'Says the bull to her, "'Yonder we must be this night, for my second brother lives yonder.' And they were at the place directly. They lifted her down and took her in and sent the bull to the field for the night. So, uh, already, uh, this woman, even though she's riding a bull, she's actually getting knights in a palace, which is kind of cool. And uh, the first one, they gave her some food. Uh, this is much better than uh, that weirdness that happened in the, the, uh, the Colchester story, where she just met a random bloke in the forest and then heads in the well sort of talking to her. So I'd rather be this uh, this, this wee lass here. So, um, although the bull seems to be getting a bit of a bad one, he doesn't get to stay, his ID gets sent off to a field. In the morning, they took the lady into a fine and rich room and gave her the finest pair she had ever seen, bidding her not to break it till she was in the greatest strait ever mortal could be in, and that would get her out of it. Again, she was lifted and set on his back, and away they went. And long they rode, and hard they rode, till they came in sight of the far biggest castle. Of the far biggest castle, God, old English is a bit weird. And far farthest off, they had yet seen. We must yonder tonight, says the bull. The Bull sounding a little bit like Yoda for some reason. For my younger brother lives yonder. Or not. Uh, Anybody who likes Star Wars, don't kill me. Because uh, that really doesn't sound like Yoda. Mm, oh well, And they were there directly. They lifted her down, took her in, and sent the bull to the field for the night. And again, she gets the nice bed, he gets a field. I suppose he's a bull, so um, doesn't really need a bed. In the morning, they took her into a room, the finest of all, and gave her a plum, telling her not to break it till, guess what, as in the other ones, till she was in the greatest strait mortal could be in, and that would get her out of it. Presently they brought the bull home, brought home the bull, and set the lady on his back, and away they went. Um, there's a lot of threes in this, isn't there? Three sisters, three brothers, three, 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 three fruits, three, 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 and I, they rode, and on they rode, till they came to a dark and ugsome glen, where they stopped and the lady lighted down. Says so the bull to her, Hey, you must stay till I go and fight the old one. You must seat yourself on that stone, and move neither hand nor foot till I come back, else I never find you again. And if everything round about you turns blue, I have beaten the old one. And should all things turn red, he'll have conquered me. She set herself down on the stone, and by and by all round her turned blue. Overcome with joy, she lifted one of her feet, and crossed it over the other. So glad was she that her companion was victorious. The bull returned and sought for her, but could never find her. Yeah, so, uh, told not to move, told not to do anything, uh, so she moves her foot. Well, that's a clever little, clever little trick there, because that's not going to end badly. Long she sat, and I she wept till she wearied. At last she rose and went away. She didn't know where. On she wandered till she came to a great hill of glass. Glass, that she tried all she could to climb, but wasn't able. Round the bottom of the hill she went, sobbing and seeking a passage over, till. At last she came to a smith's house, and the smith promised if she would serve him seven years he would make her iron shoon, wherewith she could climb over the glassy hill. Iron shoon, iron shoes. They making a crampons? Yeah, bit of modern technology here. At seven years end she got her iron shoon, clom the grassy hill. Clom? That's a, that's a new way of saying climb clomb the glassy hill and chanced to come to the old washerwife's habitation there she was told of a gallant young knight that had given in some clothes all over blood to wash and whoever washed them was to be his wife the old wife had washed till she was tired and then she set her daughter at it and both washed and they washed and they washed in hopes of getting the young knight but for all they could do they couldn't bring out a stain At length, they set the stranger damsel to work, and whenever she began, the stains came out pure and clean. Take a guess at what's probably about to happen. Um, I'm sure you can probably work out what's going to happen here. And the old wife made the knight believe it was her daughter who had washed the clothes. So the knight and the eldest daughter were to be married. And the stranger damsel was distracted at the thought of it, for she was deeply in love with him. So she bethought her of her apple, and, breaking it, found it filled with gold and precious jewellery, the richest she had ever seen. All these, she said to the eldest daughter, I will give you, on condition that you put off your marriage for one day, and allow me to go into his room alone at night. The lady consented. But meanwhile, the old wife had prepared a sleeping drink and given it to the knight, who drank it and never wakened till next morning. The live-long night the damsel sobbed and sang. Seven long years I served for thee, the glassy hill I clomb for thee, thy bloody clothes I rang for thee, and wilt thou not waken and turn to me? So yeah, um... She thought she was going to get get some, and well, apparently old ladies are a bit of a bastard in folk tales, so never come across an old lady and in the middle of a forest next day, she knew not what to do for grief. Then she broke the pear and found it filled with jewelry far richer than the contents of the apple. With these jewels, she bargained for permission to be a second knight in the young knight's chamber. But the old wife gave him another sleeping drink. And again, he slept till morning. All night, she kept sighing and singing. Seven long years I served for thee. The glassy hill I clomb for thee. Thy bloody clothes I rang for thee. And wilt thou not waken and turn to me? Um, So basically, she's trying to bribe this old woman to let her go sleep with this dude, I'm guessing. Um... Because, I don't know, it's just, again, we're kind of getting to that weird, women are just badly treated and all they can ever think about is marrying a knight. So, anyway, we've got two down, and um, I'm sure you can gather um, how things go here, because the rule of three and all that. She, still, he slept, and she nearly lost hope altogether. But that day when he was out hunting, somebody asked him what noise and moaning was that they heard all last night in his bedchamber. He said, I have heard no noise. But they assured him there was, and he resolved to keep awake that night to try what he could hear. That being the third night, and the damsel being between hope and despair. She broke her plum, and it held far the richest jewellery of the three. Well, there's a surprise. "'You break fruit, you get rich.' "'She bargained as before, and the old wife as before, "'took in the sleeping drink to the young knight's chamber. "'But he told her he couldn't drink it that night without sweetening. "'And when she went away for honey to sweeten it, "'he poured out the drink, and so made the old wife think he had drunk it. "'They all went to bed again, and the damsel began, "'that's before singing.' Seven long years I served for thee, Thy glassy hill I clomb for thee, Thy bloody clothes I rang for thee, And wilt thou not waken and turn to me? He heard and turned to her, And she told him all that had befallen her, And he told her all that had happened to him. And he caused the old washerwife and a daughter to be burnt, And they were married, And he and she are living happy to this day, For aught I know. So, right, Well, that's a story and a half, isn't it? She goes off riding a bull, visiting three castles and getting three fruits. The bull then buggers off to fight the old one, who's kind of like the devil, basically. The bull beats the devil. The girl's excited, moves, and then weird shit starts to happen, where she basically kind of has to try and fight for her right to have a husband and and, and marry a rich... Famous knight and stuff. So, this um, this story apparently dates back to around uh, the forty, the not the fourteen, the fifteen forties, not the fourteen fifties, the fifteen forties. Um, but there is also kind of many stories that follow the same kind of ideas and themes of these, where women are searching and losing, searching and losing, searching or losing, um, like people to be their husbands and stuff. So there's a little bit of um, weird ideas going around about how women are kind of treated in those days and how their only goals are to uh, kind of get married and and chase men around and then do weird shit because folk tales. So um, there are other stories kind of from the other parts of the British Isles and Europe that are similar to this. So there's the Brown Bear of Norway, which despite its name um, being... Norway, uh, is actually an Irish folktale. I'm not going to read it because it kind of follows the same line. There is one which I kind of want to look into a little bit more, but just because it sounds amazing um, called The Enchanted Pig. This is a Romanian folktale, because who doesn't like stories about pigs and and enchantments and stuff? Or there's also The Daughter of the Skies, which is another Scottish folktale. That one's quite sweet. I do kind of like that one. But anyway, so what all these kind of have in common is the main character in them tends to be the youngest daughter. Uh, whether she marries a pig or a dog um, uh, or gets carried away by a bull, she usually comes out on top. So here we see that she does actually end up marrying a knight and actually does end up alright. Um, in the one in my first story, The Three Heads in the Well um, she actually ends up Kind of in a good position, um, and the other daughter. Who, I suppose she also ends up in a good position in a way by marrying someone who's actually quite nice. But yeah, I've written here because that's the best a girl can hope for in folk tales, apparently, to be sold off or turned into a marriage item. But yeah, so what I've also written here, which makes the story of Tamlin ace, because she basically tells everyone to go do one and runs off with an elf, maybe possible, spoilers, I will do Tamlin at one point, I do like that story, it's quite fun, involves elves and things and uh, uh, deals with the devil so anyway, both of the stories I've told um, and those mentioned above kind of follow this rule of three that I've mentioned a few times today, they're each kind of looking at it in their own way so the bull story, she visits three brothers she gets three pieces of fruit and she kind of I forgot the end of the story already uh, the knight sleeps for three nights and on the third night things happen first story we get three heads and so yeah. Um, the other version of the uh, the three heads in the well, the Norfolk version um, is called the Green Lady where have I written this? In the Green Lady version of the story uh, it follows much more the idea kind of closely to the Black Bull than the three heads um, where we have three daughters who are looking to find their way in the world and they don't take the bannock and things they take bread and ale um, but she they go to this old lady's house um, and the old lady actually kills them she kills the first two daughters but the third is good and follows the instructions and the, is nice to the old lady so the old lady doesn't kill her well the green lady doesn't kill her um, the green lady then goes out um, and the youngest daughter finds the heads and bodies of her sisters up the chimney and in the cupboards, I think. Uh, She places the heads next to the bodies, and miraculously, they're joined together, and the the sisters are reunited, alive, Um, and then they escape out into the woods. The green lady then follows them out there and tries to find them by asking trees and things. Uh, She goes to a river, and there's a talking gooseberry bush, because gooseberry bushes apparently talk uh so she then went to find while she was trying to find the three sisters the gooseberry bush talks to her saying yeah i don't know where they are but maybe if you look in the river go have a look and as the old lady the green lady goes to look in the river gooseberry bush pushes her into the river that's a bit of a weird story it's it's kind of entertaining in a way it's like oi tree where these ladies go oi bush where these ladies go and then one of the bushes turns around and goes maybe they're over there go have a look over there and then kicks her in the ass so um i don't know anything about the rule of three and kind of what it actually means or anything but i do kind of find it amusing that we do kind of quite regularly see in kind of may in, in like what do i want to say in uk british isles kind of folklore that it is a thing and it does appear quite regularly um it appears even in the Mab- Mabinogion, uh, the Welsh kind of epic stale- tales that they are, uh, where some, I'm not going to give names because I can't remember them at the moment, but um, someone goes off and they're in Ireland and uh, he ends up squishing heads in a bag. And there's, yeah, yeah there's a rule of three in there. I'll, I'll talk about that when I actually do the Mabinogion as a thing. Oh, it's an absolutely fantastic story. Uh, well, it's not one story, it's quite a few. Um, absolutely fantastic I'm really looking forward to actually doing those episodes and the stuff on Finn McCall as well um, and the Irish kind of folklore and stuff but anyway I might look into what the rule of three is and kind of where it comes from uh, but I'll do that later Uh, when I've actually looked into it I'm just here to tell stories and have a bit of fun and ramble and drink and be a bit weird so anyway uh, that's the end of today's episode I. Where can you find me? I am The Drunken Storyteller, and you can obviously find me on podcasts. I am also on YouTube, where I only do one of the stories. I'm on Twitter at The Drunken Store One. I'm on Facebook as The Drunken Storyteller. You can email me at The UK at gmail.com. I'm also part of the Darker Days Radio podcast. Where we talk about horror themed rpgs world of darkness chronicles of darkness um, and the warhammer rpgs as well oh i probably should have mentioned this at the beginning actually um so if you actually made it this far and have listened to it this is something actually kind of cool um a little bit of news that has happened um so gehenna gaming is a company in america who kind of do horror gaming stuff um Uh, like live stream horror gaming stuff and all sorts of stuff to do with horror gaming Um, and I work with occasionally through Darker Days Radio they're going to be running a virtual horror con in I think the end of February, I can't remember the dates exactly Um, and I will be doing something for that, I'm not sure what yet I will definitely be doing something with Darker Days Radio um, for that and I'm hoping to do something with the drunken storyteller stuff for that as well, maybe kind of do a, a panel or something on folk tales and folklore. If not, maybe run a game of Vesson um, because that's all brilliantly folklory, folk horror stuff, um, and it's an amazing game and I absolutely love it. So I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'll be doing something for Virtual HorrorCon. Go check out Gehenna Gaming on Twitch and YouTube. Um, also, go check out my other stuff with um, Darker Days Radio. They're on. Uh, they're a podcast. Um, Darker Days Radio, they're on Twitch. Well, we're on Twitch, but we don't really do anything on there. Um, we're on Twitter, is what I when meant to say. Um, Darker Days Radio, we're on Facebook, Darker Days Radio. And there's an Instagram, Darker Days Radio. But that's that. Uh, you can um, catch me, myself, me, um, over on Twitter at The Drunken Store One. And it's The Drunken Store, S T O R One. Um, there's no E and it's not story because apparently that wasn't allowed. Um, I'm on Facebook under The Drunken Storyteller. You can email me at thedrunkenstorytelleruk at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram as drdrhageldaz. So H A E G L D A G Z. Also, my nerdy, painty, geeky stuff is hegel does so just h-a-e-g-l-d-a-z on instagram as well and as i say i'm also on darker days radio horror themed rpgs world of darkness i do some Warhammer stuff on there as well so thank you very much enjoy your evening rest of the day whatever it is you're having and cheers kanpai salad